0: Hello and welcome to the podcast Life Without Limits. This is the podcast where we talk to inspiring people who've been through hard, tough times and come out the other side to achieve great things. I've got a great guest for you today. I have got Abby Jones, who suffers from Ehlers-Danos Syndrome, and she's going to explain a bit about that. And even with her difficulties, she's competed in adaptive CrossFit competitions, pushing herself to the max when she was told she wouldn't be able to do it. So, welcome, Abby. Abby, how are you?
1: I'm good, thanks, and that's a lovely thing for you to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how are you? Tell us, tell us, I'm really good. So, tell us a bit about you and your story.
1: Um, so, as you mentioned, I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So that is a group of connective tissue disorders. That means I can't. My body doesn't make collagen correctly, and collagen is one of the building blocks of your entire body. So your connective tissues, your tendons and your ligaments are made of it, your blood vessels, your organs, it goes into bone even and into your skin. So none of that works properly or effectively um, in different ways um, and to different degrees of severity in different people. And there's a number of different ways that that gets expressed. It's a fairly rare condition I think it affects about one in ten thousand people, um, but we are there's more of us than you think because you look because we all look basically for the most part we look entirely normal. So I, when I was born, going <laughs> back a long way, so it was something that I was born with. Of course, it's a genetic condition. So I started getting injured very very young. One of my earliest memories is dislocating my wrist. Uh, Another very, very early memory is dislocating a hip. Um, I've torn the ligaments in both of my ankles, two, three times, two in one, three in the other. I've dislocated both of my hips. It would be easier for me to go through my body and tell you what I have not injured in terms of dislocations, ligament tears, tendon tears, all of this kind of thing. Um, And as I got older, we always just thought that I was kind of a clumsy child. I was just always getting injured. It wasn't really a thing. It hurt a lot. I was always in pain. I still did a lot of sport. It's something that I really loved and really enjoyed. Um, And then when I got into my early teenage years, it got a little bit ridiculous. Um, So I grew. So you know how everyone goes through a bit of a growth spurt when they hit their teenage years. Yeah, that. So I grew from five foot two to what I am now, which is, uh, for context, I'm about 5'11. And I did that in significantly less than a year. And as a result of that, my body essentially fell apart. And I was at the doctors all of the time. My shoulders were dislocating multiple times every day. I was dislocating ribs multiple times every day. I couldn't stand, I could barely walk. Everything was just terrible um, to top it off. I started getting gastrointestinal um, symptoms as well. And my autonomic nervous system started being um, affected. So your autonomic nervous system is um, the things like your blood pressure regulation, temperature control, um, heart rate, um, all of that kind of stuff sweating. It's just absolutely out of control couldn't do anything about it. So I went to the doctors. Long story short, I was really lucky and I got diagnosed quite early. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was 15 or 16. Um, and it was, like I say, most people don't get diagnosed for many, many years. But because it was so obvious what was happening, they just went, oh, yeah, no, yeah. It's us, Suck it up, snowflake, basically. Because um, <laughs> it's a chronic condition, you've just got to deal. Uh, the first actual medical intervention i had was surgery on my right shoulder to basically pin it in place Um, so now i have almost no function in my right shoulder i have almost no function in my right wrist and my right hand Um, and i have um, almost no function in either of my ankles as well so they basically almost stuck in place they don't really move properly um and they said You're just going to, and I I, forgive me for using these words, but they struck me at the time and they are words that have stayed with me for the last more than 25 years. When the uh, surgeon just looked at me and said, you're going to have to stop doing sports and you're going to have to accept that you'll be wheelchair bound when you're in your twenties. And that was, it was, it felt like, it? it yeah, it, it felt like a slap in the face. It was a huge blow. I knew I was always injured. I knew what was happening. But when your body deteriorate and being told that your body could deteriorate that quickly was heartbreaking. Mm. So, what, what, what was
0: your main sport? Uh,
1: gymnastics and uh long distance running so a lot, did... a lot
0: of stuff you need your joints for
1: yeah yeah so um i'm hypermobile so the joints that do move really move they move a lot um so the contortionists basically it's a contortionist disease they don't impress me i know the trick that the, basically collagen doesn't work but yeah and not being able to run was a big deal. And being told that I wasn't allowed to lift weights was a huge thing as well, because it, was, it had kind of become a part of who I was. And having it taken away was horrific. So I, as you do when you are 16, completely ignored the doctors and carried on doing it anyway. I had all of the surgeries and carried on getting injured just all of the time. And now I'm 41 and still walking for the most part, Um, still getting injured all of the time. And competing CrossFit as well. Yeah, I credit um, CrossFit. And doing a lot of the functional fitness stuff with my ability. That is why I can still walk. Because my joints aren't held in place by connective tissue like yours are unlike like other people's are. They're just held in place by muscle. And one of the biggest um, challenges that you face as someone with EDS is that you don't build muscle. You just don't. I will never be strong. Mm. I have had to work so much harder to be able to get less than half of the result that other people get. But actually, having put in that work, that means my hips are strong enough to be able to hold up my body weight. And knowing that now, I wouldn't change anything. I still, like right now, I have a uh, torn left bicep. I have, uh, that's my good arm, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) So I compete one-armed in CrossFit. I've ruined my good arm, so that's nice. Um, I have a fractured fibula uh, and I have uh, torn the ligament in my uh, ankle again as well. Uh, I also, right now, I think I've got uh, two dislocated ribs. And the last time I was able to eat solid food was two days ago.
0: And what And what were the recent injuries from?
1: I mean, would it surprise you if I said the gym? No. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I actually tore my bicep at a recent competition. Oh, actually, yes, at the competition. That we the same competition we were at. Yeah. Oh, did you?
0: Oh, no.
1: So, you, uh, I was hanging from the rig with one arm, with my good arm. Oh, um, yeah. Because I can't reach with my other arm. And if you've got tricks to do this, I would welcome them, just so you know. I have no shoulder. If you know of a way that I can hang from the rig with two arms, I'm in. Um, <laughs> so, I was hanging from the rig with one arm. I just felt something pop in my arm. Ignored it because, of course, you do. And carry on. on. <laughs> Finished it. Two days later, my arm was three times the size. Um, yeah. And then that was that was nice. And then a couple of days after that, I went to the gym um, to do a Will Wad qualifier. So Will Wood, um is another adaptive competition. I was doing the semifinals, um, had the worst time ever. It was a terrible workout. Worst workout I've ever done. It was horrible. Um, on the way home, slipped off a curb, twisted my ankle, broken. Wow! Got up, walked back home. It's fibula, so it's not a weight-bearing bone, so, <laughs> so that's not quite as hardcore as it sounds.
0: Actually, walk home with a broken leg, like.
1: And uh, yeah, about a week later, um, went into a and and they just looked at me and went, "What have you been doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What would you be like that?"
0: <laughs> well, you can either do that and choose to live your life, or if you had the doctors have it, you'd be sitting in a chair just doing nothing.
1: Exactly exactly and that is an active decision that i took that's how every single
0: doctor i find goes about things they just say you can't do this you can't do that yeah forget about this forget about that and they give you the worst scenario possible they don't go oh you could try this you could try that why don't you see what you can do
1: yeah yeah very kind really believe yeah you've got to push yourself and you've got to find out what you can do because Mm. if i'd listened to them 25 years ago like you say i like I would have suffered massive muscle wastage and I wouldn't be able to walk now.
0: No, you you, would have no no strength at all.
1: No, and I mean, I work hard to just maintain my strength. It's taken me, I have done, when I said I I did a one rep max back squat a while ago and I tested it again recently. Um, It has taken me three years to increase my back squat by five kilos.
0: And how, how, how much can you back squat now?
1: 80 kilos. So it's not even my own body weight.
0: But that's way more than the majority of able-bodied people.
1: I know. However, and I think that, you know, this is something that comes up in conversation with any disabled person you ask. I'm going to say it too. I've no doubt that you've said it as well. I should be able to lift more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: 100%. For the amount of training I do, for the amount of work I put in, It is one of those things that... Give three numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to be able to do it. I want to be able to do more. I reckon I just can't. It's because a- it's not... My body's broken. It's just not the way it works. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. That is basically me in a... I tell you a nutshell. It's taken ages to go through it, of course. But, yeah, I carried on working all throughout um during lockdown i lost all access to all of the physical therapy that i had and uh found out very very quickly how long i could go without treatment before i was unable to walk um five and a half weeks in case you're wondering um and as i started getting back into treatment that's when i found crossfit and functional fitness training so before that it was all very much running weight training and doing what i can do but actually getting into something functional turning around to my coach i sent her a message on instagram of all places during lockdown i was like i have this problem can i do this and she went don't know let's find out
0: the best way to do it try and find out
1: that yeah so not looked back since and really enjoying it and enjoying carrying on doing everything that I can.
0: Amazing. So that brings you on to my second question. We kind of already answered this one anyway. So what have been the biggest obstacles you have faced and how have you overcome them? What what would you say is the biggest?
1: um, I think, and now this is quite interesting because it really depends on how you look at it in terms of actually physically, what's the biggest obstacle I face? It's not even getting injured all the time. It's not even like not being able to use my arm. It's not being able to eat properly and not being able to breathe and see properly when I exercise, which I find so frustrating and I really hate. So physically, that's the biggest obstacle and I overcome it just by doing it. However, actually, if you asked me what's the biggest obstacles that I face in life, it's more about, um, and I, w- I use the phrase, uh or many people with my condition will use the phrase invisible doesn't mean imaginary we look entirely normal mm. looking at me on the street i've got a bit of a limp if you really stare you can see that i have one one side is more developed than the other side but you really have to look properly
0: mm. you can wait, see wait, wait, that when I saw you working out, I was thinking, I she had a stroke. I couldn't work out what it was.
1: Yeah. So you can even see on my face, you can see that I've got that one side that doesn't work properly. My right side of my body doesn't work properly, but no, not had a stroke. This is because my autonomic nervous system doesn't work properly. So that is, that's how that looks. But that's actually the biggest hurdle and the biggest obstacle to me is... I can't do things. I can't walk downstairs like a normal person. Normal person, she says, you know what I mean. (laughs) I can't do these things in the gym. And having people say, but you don't look disabled. That, that is my biggest obstacle. Or
0: you're you're you're, faking
1: it. You're faking it. You're You're too active to be disabled. You're too strong you can't be disabled and having the emotional load of that actually i would put that over and above anything else as the biggest obstacle and there is again Mm -hmm. that wonderful trite saying that you see on instagram and on social media quite a lot with this where it's oh you don't look disabled and the answer to that is well you don't look like an idiot but here we are
0: it's true
1: and you can't there's so little that you can do about it and the expectations that people have of you and the things that you are supposed to going back to that phrase be able to do because you look healthy and you just can't people try and hand people say oh can you get that down from a top shelf from me for me like no I'm tall but no no I can't sorry (laughs)
0: It's true. It's true. And then, um, so you say you do have a fall in the street and people won't realize what your difficulties are. They just think you've had a fall. Mm -hmm. So they probably won't be as inclined to help you.
1: Yeah. And I don't want help. I am fiercely independent. Mm. I don't want to be patronized, but I do need accommodations at work, for example. I need to be able to not, traf- uh, not travel on a train when it's too busy. to go in the office because I need to know that I've got a seat because standing up and still for too long means I'm going to pass out. I need to be able to move around a lot during the day because if I stay still, my joints get stuck and that's going to cause an incredible amount of pain. I'm going to take more sick days than most people. It is what it is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm going to be in the hospital more often. It's why I got into what I do now. Because, selfishly, I wanted to make a difference for people like me and to make the workplace more accessible to everyone.
0: And what is it you do now?
1: So I work in... HR in the public sector. I specifically look at inclusion, diversity in the workforce, um, especially in recruitment and training, learning, and development uh, within the organisation. So I try and make our workforce look like, for want of a better word, phrase, the actual population. 50% of disabled people in the UK are unemployed.
0: Mm. And you'd find you find you were turned down a lot by jobs over, over the years? Yeah. Not given opportunities, yeah.
1: Same as me. Yeah. Yeah, they look at you like, oh.
0: You can't do it or anything.
1: Yeah. I think I have a lot of privilege in that specific sense because I don't look disabled. But the instant I say, I have these needs. Oh oh that's a problem you can't oh yeah I don't think that's I don't think that's reasonable the number of times I've heard that I went to oh so one of the I went and started working a new job and I was just like I need a standing desk if that's okay so one that can be moved up and down and up and down they're like not sure that's reasonable like it it is Mm. long story short it's
0: not that you can't do it, you just needs certain adaptions so you can yep. do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I can do anything.
0: A way. Yeah, there's always a yeah. way.
1: We can always do it, and I think that overcoming those challenges and those obstacles, that is super important. And the only way that you can do it, and it's it takes a lot of courage and a lot of experience and a lot of work, talking about it and not hiding it for the longest time i didn't uh i didn't say that i was disabled at work because i could get away with not and Mm. i would just be ill all the time and injured all the time and in pain a lot and not performing and not doing very well so the first few jobs i had when i was younger i didn't do very well at all because i just couldn't yeah But then as you gain experience and confidence with a disability, you kind of sit there and say, okay, actually, I don't care anymore. If you don't want me, that's a you problem.
0: Mm.
1: And it is having the courage to say that.
0: Yeah. So what would you say Today is your biggest proudest achievement? That could be sport or life related.
1: Oh, could I have one of it? Oh, kind of one of each, in actual fact. Like life related. So, uh life and work related. I am so proud when I see the people that I have mentored go on and achieve incredible things. Mm. I was sat uh, in the audience a while ago when. Uh, one of my mentees from a few years ago got a uh, one of the 30 under 30 lists. And I was, that just was incredible. Seeing another one set up her own business and achieve everything that she ever wanted to as a coach. Just when I was at my lowest, I reached out to her, having been her mentor many years ago seeing what she'd done and get her getting to a point where I felt that I could re- reach out to her for her help was something that I didn't realise at the time made me so proud, but that, that, that was incredible. Um, in terms of sport, I think, oh, just, I say sport, I mean, life in general, merely existing, um, <laughs> still being able to walk 25 years after they, after they said I wouldn't be able to. Um, I can't run anymore but eh, I'll I'll get over that it's a terrible situation but um, I can walk I can lift a barbell I can go and play in these adaptive competitions I'm never going to be competitive because the I compete I think we compete in the same category don't we upper one point
0: yes yeah
1: yeah so we both compete with one arm but equally Mm -hmm. I think we both have the same challenge in that we have other limbs and other bits oh, us that we it, can't it. use yeah, yeah. Oh, balancing a barbell in one arm is it's
0: dangerous life-threatening
1: life yeah literally <laughs> apparently some people throw it across the gym
0: <laughs> yeah that's me <laughs> um, oh.
1: but having other parts of your body affected as well and not being able to gain the strength that other people can I know that I'm competing at a disadvantage and I don't care being able to still find joy in sport in spite of everything not even in spite of anything almost because of everything that's happened i am so proud that i still participate um Mm. you get an awful lot of um if you are disabled you are only allowed to be uh if you do sport you're allowed to you're allowed to be like a paralympic a paralympian or you're allowed to be an object of pity in bed Mm -hmm. at home, unable to do anything. And those are the two extremes. And that's all you see in terms of disability. No in between. I'm really proud that I'm in between. And that I think is, yeah, I never thought when the doctor said, you can't do this, that I would be sat here this many years later saying, yeah, I can, shut up. And still being able to throw a barbell over my head with one arm—never mm. thought I'd be able to do that. So proud!
0: You just wish you could have a time machine showing that little girl, yeah, that you compete in now.
1: That yeah. look—that's
0: that's what you're going to. what you're going to do if you just keep pushing yourself.
1: Yeah, that it's just—I felt like everything had been taken away from me. I still do sometimes, but it hasn't
0: everything yeah this this, is the power of social media because we're doing it now we can show what we do and try and inspire those other younger ones that we once were that you can too
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it's super important that we do that there are when I say normal people I mean not Paralympians I I mean I understand that I am talking to someone who is incredible (laughs) that's that they do so you are one of the elite. But it is so important that uh grassroots athletics and grassroots sport for disabled people has uh gets more light shone on it and that people who uh who love sport and are still bad at it do it anyway. Just give even it even if yeah, you don't need to be elite. You can be rubbish it's fine like like you said just giving it
0: a go is, is an achievement
1: mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's a bit patronizing but yes <laughs> it's hard so, to find that, that balance isn't it <laughs> that brings me on to my
0: next question actually nicely um what would you say to somebody who now feels they are unable to reach their full ability because of their disability
1: uh, i think that i and um If anyone who has a disability doesn't say this, I I would suggest that they're probably lying. I uh, would say that I am one of you. Um, We all are. We have all had horrific things taken away from us, uh, incredible things taken away from us and horrific things given to us because of our disabilities. We all at times feel that we can't reach our true potential. We will All have days like that, and weeks like that, and months like that. I go through times when I genuinely hate my body. I cannot remember a time when I wasn't hurting. I was born like this. I will get worse for the rest of my life. I will never be able to do what I, and here comes that word again, should be able to do based on the way I look. All disabled people are there. You're not alone is what I would say to them, number one. And number two, that's okay. Doesn't matter. Because yes, you can reach your true ability, your full potential. Because your full potential is everything that you can do. And I think that that is the theme of our conversation today, really, isn't it? Do everything that you can until you can't. And then you will find out what the limit of your true ability is, because you don't know if you don't try. The answer to every question you do not ask is no. And everything that you do is one step toward finding out what your true ability, what your full potential is actually is it might not look like what you dreamed of when you were a child especially and i think again i'm quite lucky here especially uh, because this is congenital i was born like this but for someone who has an acquired disability i can imagine that that would be even more devastating because suddenly you could do these things and suddenly you can't anymore
0: Mm, changes your life
1: yeah I can't imagine what you have to go through, because I've always known that this is my path. But having said that, your disability gives you so much more true ability, so much more potential in other ways. I care deeply about the work that I do. And I care deeply about making the world more accessible and more fair for all marginalised groups. And I feel massive empathy for other marginalised groups that I am certain I wouldn't feel, that I wouldn't experience if I weren't disabled. The most important thing is I'm not saying your disability is a superpower because it's not. It's just not. It's horrible. But that's okay. It's okay to hate it and embrace it at the same time and really just push everything you can.
0: See how far you can really go and what you can really do.
1: That there is no. Was it Elliot Kipchoge? He says no human is limited.
0: Mm, that is I that is more
1: true. No yeah. human is limited. Will I ever <laughs> be able to back squat the same as someone else my size who is not disabled? Absolutely not. No, I won't. Doesn't mean I'm limited. No. I'm just not. I can do everything. I will wake up some mornings and I will be in so much pain that I will just want to cry and curl up and just never leave my bed. I'll do that sometimes. That's fine. It's okay. Other days, get up, fight through it.
0: Other days. Let, let let's go gym and see what I can break.
1: That's <laughs> <It's> exactly <laughs> that. I'll go to the gym. I um I, I'm back. I was at the gym this morning. Again, doing back squats. <laughs> I'm wearing a walking boot. I don't care. <laughs> Just do it anyway. The, the, the,
0: the gym instructors are probably having a heart attack watching you work out.
1: God. I swear, <laughs> their their accident book is basically... Their the insurance again. High high. <laughs> What's she done now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very lucky off. that I found uh, a gym that was really, really understanding of it. And the um, so I go to uh, CrossFit Box in Southeast London, and um, the the woman who owns it is uh, has type one diabetes, so she has a basic understanding of uh, disability and how to work with people who have those additional needs. So actually really useful and having the expertise of the coaches there who whenever I say how do I do that they're like I don't know let's find out and having people around you I think who don't pretend that they know everything is really important as well like if you've got if you do sport having a coach who just goes oh yeah you just do it like this you don't know that Mm. unless you are me and you live in my body you don't know that.
0: It's like a Let's conversation start. I was having with um, one of the, uh, one of the guys the other day. We might have a disability, but but all we want is to be treated like everyone else. We don't I want a special treatment. No, I don't want someone to say to me, "Oh, do you need help with your burpees." I want them to go to me, "Give me ten burpees now, no excuses, get down." Yeah, that's what I'd rather prefer.
1: I would definitely prefer that. <laughs> yeah. I, don't get me wrong. I will complain about it and I will be a drama queen about it, a hundred percent. I'll be like, oh, it's so hard. I don't care, make me do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) It makes me better at them. Like, yeah, tell me to go and do it. Turn around and say, you need to learn to hang from the rig with one arm. Mm. Without tearing a muscle, if if you will. I need to learn to do those things and without people who just really, really push you to do it. Yeah. Like
0: you never never find out how
1: you never find out how to do it. You need people who are willing to experiment, who are willing to, I always say, I don't compete in a sport. I play at a sport. Yeah. I play with the competition around me. I play with the people around me and it's the only way that I can frame it for myself because I am ultra competitive i hate losing i really hate losing but i have had to accept that in competition in this sport i will always lose
0: you'll be a disadvantage to some of the others yeah
1: yeah always going to be a disadvantage no matter what category i sit in so i can sit in like you i can sit in the uh, upper one point category but i can also sit in the neuro category which is just more challenging.
0: It's actually more difficult, difficult that
1: category. Exactly. I <laughs> don't know how. have a disadvantage there as well, because they take into account the neurological impact of my condition, but not that I can only use one and a half limbs. Mm. So I just sit there like, no matter what category, I'm going to lose. That's OK. I don't care. I'm just playing. Because if in my head, if I was actually competing, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't do it. And I wouldn't do it yeah but actually everything is just a game
0: give it a go find out see what happens
1: exactly trial,
0: trial and error
1: yeah nobody cares <laughs> that's what i would say to people who think they can't reach their true ability no one cares do it anyway
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so if I people were so to, important if people want to find you and see what what you do how can they get in touch or how can they find you
1: think probably instagram is the easiest way to do it uh i am um, as you know uh I just, what is it i can't even remember my own username how terrible is that So at underscore, that, abigail, is that, is that underscore abigail
0: underscore underscore Jones. Yeah.
1: because apparently i've got a really common name
0: uh, let me check i yet. never
1: thought that that would be a thing but apparently yeah every, everyone's got my name so yeah you can probably find me out there uh equally I do uh, if you are in HR you may see me around and about I think I'm speaking at the HR leaders conference later this year so come along and see me talk about inclusion and diversity in the public sector
0: and are you doing the pairs competition in September
1: yeah I am are you
0: yeah I am yeah so that, that,
1: oh, that's excellent
0: big big competition this year
1: huge so competition. if anyone wants to do.
0: watch the best of the best adaptive CrossFit competitions, you're going to have every single disability there. Yeah. So is an adapted athlete paired with an able-bodied athlete, and they both go at it together, smashing these. So knees excited. excited. Over My a... partner is a tiny, tiny
1: lady, and she is a weightlifting, and she won't mind me saying, she is a weightlifting freak. And is that your partner? Yeah. She's, um, she's so strong. She's basically going to be carrying me through it, and I'm okay with that. <laughs>
0: Cool. I'm so excited
1: about it. It's going to be amazing. I really want to see everyone there. Can't wait.
0: Yeah. Honestly. So, guys, if you want to see what Abigail does in her training, make sure you follow her on Instagram. And if you really want to see our competition, come down in September. um, Ask us for the details. It'll be one of the best things you'll ever watch. It's going to be so so fun. It will. Thanks for um, coming on the podcast today, Abby. Um, And I guess I'll see you soon. Keep training hard. Don't get too injured. and I'll see you soon. (laughs)
1: I <laughs> will see you soon. Bye. Bye.